Why am I sitting here closing my eyes? Why am I sitting here doing nothing? You know, I should be doing something because we're so addicted to doing and thinking that mm -hmm. to unaddict ourselves from doing and thinking is, is like there's a lot of momentum, inertia that we have to overcome mm -hmm. to get that done. You know, people do drugs because they're heartaches and they don't know how to deal with, with their heartaching. But the heartache is actually your greatest gift other than being alive. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Welcome to episode 66 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to ask that if you enjoyed this podcast, if you would take just two minutes to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Doing so helps us reach more people so others can benefit from the inspiring information that we share. We would also love if you would share this episode with friends or family or anyone that you think may benefit from it and tag us on social media. We are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Udo Erasmus. Udo is an expert on total sexy health. He is a pioneer of the health and wellness industry, having created flaxseed oil and the healthy oil fats movement. He is also the co-founder of the Udo's Choice Supplement brand, a global leader in cutting edge health products, selling tens of millions of bottles of healthy oils, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. Udo also invented the methodology and machinery that created the healthy fats oil industry. He is an accomplished author of multiple books, including Fats That Heal Fats That Kill, and it has sold over 250,000 copies worldwide. Udo has extensive education in biochemistry and biology, and he has impacted over millions of lives by passionately speaking all over the world sharing his message on how to achieve perfect health. Today, we'll talk about Udo's eight-step process called Total Sexy Health, and it takes into consideration all of the elements of whole health, including mental health, presence and awareness, life energy, and being in harmony with nature and humanity. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items, plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, 
to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the North Side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. And with that, let's dive right into our conversation with Udo. Udo, thank you so much for being here today. We're so excited to hear about your story. And we know you have a powerful one going all the way back to World War II. And we would love to see if you can start out by sharing a little bit about that background and your journey and kind of how you came to where you are today. Right. Okay, so I, I was born in what was then Germany, but is now Poland during the Second World War. And I wasn't quite three years old yet when the war ended and the communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks and the allies were shooting at us from planes. And we were fleeing on routes that were mostly women with young children on horse-drawn wagons from farms. So both sides were, were shooting at us. And my mother uh, couldn't handle the road because it was safer to be off the road. So she took two of the six kids she had in her t- in tow and took them and took off across, across the fields. And, uh, and uh, four of us got left behind. And then we got sent back to Berlin, which was already, everybody's fleeing there. So I ended up in an orphanage and eventually my mother's sister found out what she had, ha- what had happened and uh, came and got us out and eventually we all got reunited. But imagine being a mother who has to decide to leave two of her own children behind. Can you, can you imagine that? No. no. Must have, been, I, must have been awful for her. Yes. She never ever talked about it, but she always treated me with special care, partly because I was, I was a pretty crazy kid. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you're crazy enough, you get more attention from your mother. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> and they learned that, and they, we learned that really early. <laughs> right. So, and then when I was six years old, we were in Germany, and I listened to adults argue about really trivial things that I thought were trivial at six. And I said, man, there has to be a way that people can live in harmony. And I'm going to find out how. You know, it's like a six-year-old. You don't know how complicated everything is. As you figure right. you can just figure it out. And so that's been my driver all my life. How, how can human beings live in harmony? Uh, it's more topical now than it was then. More people are concerned about it than it was than were then. And part of it was I got my nose rubbed in what happens when people don't cultivate peace and harmony when they can, then we drift towards war and disharmony. Mm-hmm. You know, to, uh, 9-11 was a re- huge eye-opener for me because I realized that discontent people will always spread discontent. 
And if content people don't spread contentment quicker than discontent people spread discontent, guess where we're headed? And I'm one of these people who claims to, to know what contentment is. And I've been practicing it for a very long time, partly started early because of that war and, and, and how chaotic and how confusing and how frightening it was. And, uh, and so I, I kind of got very serious very early in my life and pretty much everything that I've done in health and in human nature. And those are my big topics, health, health, life, nature, and human nature. Those are my topics. Basically started with that one question, there must be a way. How can people live in harmony when I was six years old? And the book that's an overview of what I found is called The Book on Total Sexy Health, The Eight Key Parts Designed by Nature. So that book started in, 19, in, in 1948 with that thought, I'm going to find out how people can live in harmony. Wow. And at the age of six, I mean, that's a profound thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, for most adults, yet alone a six-year-old. Right. But you know, sometimes, sometimes if you have it too easy, you become pretty, you grow up pretty sloppy. Mm-hmm. So hardship is not a bad thing. You know, challenge is not a bad thing. It, it helps to have a good outcome. Not everybody who went through that war was able to work through it like I, I, I was, right? There are still people from that war that are still pretty messed up. And I was very lucky. I've, I met the right kind of people and I came across the right kind of possibilities. And it just made it possible for me to process all of that and come out at the other end stronger and more together and more whole and more wise than I was before. That, that's just such a powerful story. And so can you keep, you know, kind of continue on? So that was when you were younger and now, yes, you're in the field of health and wellness, but can you yeah. sort of bridge the gap between those early years and this? Right. So, well, so when I, because things were confusing and I didn't know what I could trust and I didn't understand, you know, because people were all over the map. You know, one day they were good and one day they were, <laughs> one day they were there and one day they were gone. Right. And, uh, you know, they, and they were confused and they were chaotic and they were moody. And so I kind of, I, I was really shy as a kid. I, I read a lot of books because they were safe. <laughs> you know, they don't hit you <laughs> and uh-huh. they don't chase you. Right. So I read a lot of books and when it came to getting educated, my, my parents were big on education. I decided to go into science because I wanted to understand how everything works. Because once you understand how everything works, then you, you can be safe around it, right? So first I went into science, how things work. Then I went into biosciences, how creatures work. Then I went into psychology, how thinking works. And then I got into self-knowledge. I took a year of medicine as well and left because medicine's about disease, even though it's called healthcare. So it's a really a misrepresentation of the service they provide. And so I left because in biology, you actually study health because you're studying normal creatures in normal situations, living normally. That's health, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and then I, eventually I left because I still was, wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then I got into self-knowledge because I actually needed to know how I work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and maybe that's the most important learning that a human being does is to discover the depth of their own being and how all of that works. What is it to be a human being and how do we function at our optimal best? 
Well, and that sounds so overwhelming, I think, (laughs) to people when you describe that, like, how do you do that in bite-sized, digestible chunks? Right. (laughs) Well, I think think if you, because we live in a culture that doesn't really promote Mm self-knowledge, we don't know where to start. And sometimes, and so we, if we're looking and if we're randomly looking around and try this and try that, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. You randomly try everything that you can and hope somewhere you, 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 you fall on what is true. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, okay. We, I, nobody can recommend that as the way to go. So then what you do is you, you look for people who maybe know a little bit more about it than you do. And so they become mentors and coaches and, and um, teachers and masters, right? And ultimately you, but ultimately your journey is your own journey because it's a journey inward and nobody goes with you on that mm-hmm. journey. So you can have a teacher tell you what it's like to be wholly, fully present in your own being and talk from that fullness of presence. And some things will resonate with you. But then when he goes or she goes, right, then you, then you fall back into your head trips, into your habit patterns, into, your, into what you're used to. And then, you, and then if the habit patterns don't work anymore, then you're motivated out of pain to look for something better. But it would be better if you had an example of something better that you could then chase. Right. So mm-hmm. if a teacher can show you a method that will make it a little easier for your awareness to go inside, that can be helpful. But you still have to, you know, it's still it's still strange in a way. If you haven't done it, then it's strange to see what why am I sitting there closing my eyes? Why am I sitting here doing nothing? You know, I should be doing something because we're so addicted to doing and thinking. That mm-hmm. to unaddict ourselves from doing and thinking is is like there's a lot of momentum, inertia that we have to overcome mm-hmm. to get that done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people do drugs because their heart aches and they don't know how to deal with with their heart aching, but the heartache is actually your greatest gift other than being alive, because it's your heart calling your attention, your awareness to come back home inside to life. And then what will you find when you do that? Well, you know what? <laughs> you have to take the journey to see what you'll find out because your journey is not going to be the same as mine. Your journey is your journey from wherever you are in your awareness to wherever your wholeness lives in you. It's going to be your own journey and it takes practice just like learning to walk took practice exactly and you have such a journey and you've done have a variety of different jobs and Mm -hmm. maybe you can you know kind of leading off of that journey concept how have all the different experiences and jobs that you've had led you to where you are today and going through and doing that the journey inward because i'm sure well yeah i never knew what i wanted to do other than how can people live in harmony? But in terms of a job, all my studies never were focused on, I want to get a job as a something. So in science, I got bored and with it because it became too theoretical. In biological sciences, I took it because I just found it 100% fascinating. 
but there wasn't a thought of a job at the end. And then I actually quit just before I got my master's degree in, in genetics because there was, people started to talk about cloning people. And I could just picture, I mean, my picture was, imagine Hitler getting hold of the ability to clone people. <laughs> What's that going to look like, right? And I said, you know, I don't want to be part of that. And then I went out and I did a lot of jobs like uh, farming, dairy farming, uh, fruit farming, uh, mixed farming. Uh, I did logging. I did uh, mining exploration. <clears throat> the only, only blue collar work I never did was fishing. Like I, we did it uh, with my, with my, uh, my brother-in-law. <clears throat> we went fishing, we caught lots of salmon, but I never did it commercially, but I did everything. I mean, and I would usually, I would go, and it wasn't because I wanted that job. It's I wanted to know what it felt like to be a person in that job. It's like, maybe that's a little weird, but that's how, how I was thinking about it. And then every job I got into the first six months is a huge, steep learning curve because you learn a lot because it's completely brand new to you. And then by three to six months later, I'd be get, get tired of it and I'd quit. And I'd get another job and say, gee, I wonder what it's like to be a logger, right? <laughs> gee, I wonder what it's like to be doing that. So, so I got a lot of worldly ex experience that way. And then I really didn't figure out what I was going to do. I wanted to help people. That was, that was clear to me. You know, I wanted to know what health is. So I, if somebody got sick, I could push them in the direction of health and watch them get better but then I'd have to know what health is. And that was why I went into medicine. And because I didn't get a definition of health is why I left. So I always wanted to help people, but, but it's like, yeah, but how, right? And then I got poised, then I, I got married and we had three kids and my marriage broke up and I was really upset. I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a full-time job as a pesticide sprayer. And I did that for three years. And I used to walk barefoot through the, over the lawns, I'd sprayed with weed killers until the skin peeled off the bottom of my feet. And then I wore rubber boots. And people said to me, and I, I would do it in a bathing suit because I liked getting a tan in summer. Right? <laughs> so I would, I would drive a truck with a big tank with, with pesticides on it, sitting on the, on the, on the uh, tractor in a bathing suit with rubber boots. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> And, and somebody said to me, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? I said, nah, I'm immune. <laughs> uh, we call that testosterone poisoning. <laughs> men, men can be <laughs> like that until they have their first, first dramatic <laughs> failure, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so three years later, I got that dramatic failure. And at that point, I went to the doctor and said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. What a great answer that was. It was so clear. <laughs> and, and at that point, the penny dropped for me. Oh, my God. My health is my responsibility. And I wasn't really sloppy before other than the pesticide stuff. But I wasn't a junk food eater that much. But I realized so clearly, oh, my God, my health is my responsibility, not my doctor's. And, and uh, if I don't make sure that I'm doing it right, then maybe nobody cares about my health. And so I went into the journals and, and did the research on health and nutrition uh, and nutrition uh, and disease and nutrition, because the, I understood from studying biology, your body is made out of food, water, air, and light animates it. 
light light makes it alive or, or energy makes it alive. So food, water, and air. But I was more focused on food. And so I said, and we knew, you know, that, that every year, 98% of the atoms that are present in your body right now will have been removed and replaced one year from now. Mm-hmm. It means, that means your body is a major construction site all the time under construction. And by the way, that's why healing is possible because mm-hmm. your body is always turning over. So if you're sick and you want to heal, this was my thing, being poisoned by pesticides. If you're sick and you want to heal, then raise the standard of your food intake. And within one year, 98% of your body will have been rebuilt to a higher standard, right? And the other way around, lower your standard, right? If you want to be stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Then lower your standard. And within one year, 98% of your body will have been rebuilt to a lower standard. Which I just think is so cool. Obviously, going to the higher standard, not the lower yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're, stu- you're not I've stupid. Right? That, I've heard that before, yeah. and I'm always fascinated by that. I think yeah. that's so amazing how much control we really do have over our own bodies. Well, we health. don't have control, but life has control. Right. And, yes. and we have control only if we know that we are life. Right. Because that's a whole other thing. It's if I say to you, hey, whose body is that? What's your answer? Well, now I know this is a trick question. I know. <laughs> no, no, it's not a trick question. But most people will say it's my body. Right. right? This is my it's body. It's my vessel for my yeah. soul. The truth, is, the truth is when you say this is my body, you've just said you are not the body. You mm-hmm. own the body, you've said. This right. is my body. It's like, you know, it's like when I, who's somebody points at my watch and says, whose watch is that? I say, it's my watch. I'm not saying I'm the watch. I said, the watch is my property. So So I'm the body. My body is my property. But then who are you? Ah. Who are you as the owner of the body? Well, life owns the body, right? Weighs nothing, runs everything, omnipresent in all of your body, present everywhere in your body, Mm -hmm. all power in your body. There is no other power that runs your body and knows everything about your body because it's running everything on a, on a, energetic molecular electronic basis so then the question is well if you are life who owns your body how present are you to yourself and most people would have to say almost not at all because we're always going out with our senses Mm. and live interactively surface wise and we hardly ever go into our body and discover the energy that is life which can be seen which can be heard which can be felt and which can even be tasted inside if you bring your awareness inside and you sit still long enough and you look into the darkness you'll discover light in it you listen into the silence you'll hear sound in it you 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 feel into the emptiness and you'll discover unconditional love there and you 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 taste into the blandness you know what does your mouth taste like <laughs> this is a stupid question, right? What does your mouth taste like? What do you mean? It doesn't taste like nothing. You know, what, what, if, you, if you taste into the blandness, you will discover sweetness there. Your life mm-hmm. actually tastes sweet. <laughs> you know? But like you that. have to... No, and, and that sounds like, like I'm... It sounds like I'm tripping on something, right? <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you've done the journey. 
and have actually experienced that. So what I'm, what I'm saying is for 8 billion people, it is there to experience. And when you experience that, you will feel whole because life is indestructible, never gets sick, right? Mm-hmm. Never gets sick, never dies. So the fear goes away. And because life is perfect health and is not affected by your body getting torn down or your thinking becoming disorganized or your social system being dysfunctional or your environment a disaster area, life energy is not affected at all by any of that. So you have within you in the worst situation something that is completely whole, that feels incredibly beautiful, that is amazingly powerful, that is not affected, and you can rebuild everything from that place. But if you don't know how to get to that place, you can't rebuild all that stuff. That's why things get worse and worse and worse in the world all the time, because we're not in touch with the place from which everything is renewed. And I know you talk about going inward and spending time alone, right? In solitude, in your, um, yeah. in your book with the total sexy health, the eight step process. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe backing up just a little bit so our listeners can fully appreciate more of what you created um, and talk a little bit more about how you healed yourself from this poisoning. Right. So when I got into, um, into looking at health and nutrition, disease and nutrition, I, I was looking at everything. You know, there, there are about 50 essential nutrients that life cannot make in our body from anything else. So they have to be provided from outside. These are the major, main, essential building blocks for body construction or for energy production, depending. <clears throat> and they include 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, eight essential amino acids, uh, and two essential fatty acids. And then there's digestive enzymes and probiotics and fiber and a, a number of other things that are essential that are not nutrients. So I was looking at all of that and saying, okay, how do you put a whole program of optimum health together based on food? And I got stuck in the arena of fats because it was so confusing and so misunderstood and so misrepresented that I said, you know what? This area has not been addressed in health. I'm going to address it. And the biggest issue is in the, of all of the essential nutrients, omega-3 and 6, which are essential nutrients that cannot be made in your body from anything else, that have to be provided from outside. Those are the most sensitive of all of our nutrients. They need the most care, and we give them the least care. We throw them in the frying pan and turn them into smoke. Right. And you know, if you turn oil into smoke, you've changed the chemistry, right? Yeah. It's not an, it's smoke is not an essential nutrient. Yeah. And that's actually one of our questions that we would love for you to lay out for our listeners is, is the nuts and bolts of oils and how, how do you treat your oils? And so, so here we, so we're getting into that in the nuts and bolts. When I realized that, and then I found out that when oils are made, like cooking oils, the usual oils you, you buy on the, on the shelves that are in plastic bottles, not refrigerated, on the shelf. They've been damaged a half to 1% by the processing. And they trade them with Drano, 
or sodium hydroxide, very corrosive base. Mm. Phosphoric acid, a very corrosive acid that's used for commercially for window washing. Then they bleach them with bleaching clays. That makes them rancid, so now they stink. And now they have to be heated to frying temperature to boil off, to fry off the rancid molecules. And when that's done, you have a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil. Then they stick it in the bottle in plastic, put it on the shelf, then you buy it. Half to 1% of the molecules are damaged. And, I, and when I found out, you know, and I was sick and I was trying to get healthy, I said, I called the American Oil Chemist Society. They're in Champaign, Illinois. They're the umbrella organization for the oil industry. And I said, I want to talk to a researcher because I wanted to know why do they do that? And uh, so I got the research and I said, listen, when you know that the processing you do on oils damages a half to 1% of the molecules, why do you do that? You're, you're doing damage to something, right? He said, well, he said, one of the reasons we do that is that we can, we can get rid of half of the pesticides in the oil. You know, and I was, I'd been poisoned by pesticides. My thought was, oh, oh wow, the other half stay. What I didn't about say, the oh, other wow. half? <laughs> I, I didn't say, oh, wow. I, 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 it was a four letter word, right? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, wow, the other half of the pesticide stays in the oil. And it, I mean, you know, that's like poking the bear, right? <laughs> So yeah. I said to him, well, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? And there was a long silence at the other end of the phone. <laughs> maybe he'd never heard, thought about it. Maybe he'd never, it maybe had never occurred to him, probably. And then when he came back, he was really mad. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is still 99% good and it's only 1% damaged. And if you got 99% on your exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? So now, so now I'm backing off. I say, well, maybe I'm overreacting. But I wasn't impressed with this 99% because in genetics, which I was in love with, I used to get 100%. <laughs> and the next best mark was 62. <laughs> I was really into genetics, right? So I wasn't as impressed. But then I said, okay, well, maybe I'm overreacting. So let me do the math. How many molecules, how many damaged molecules will, are you going to get in a tablespoon of an oil that is 1% damaged. And I ask, when I do lectures, I, I ask people the question. They always underestimate the number of damaged molecules by at least a billion times. Hmm. Wow. So how many is it? I'll tell you because we have, our time is short. <laughs> 60 quintillion damaged molecules in a tablespoon of oil that is 1% damaged by the process. Wow. 60 quintillion. Can you clarify That's, what oils you're talking about? Because there's such yeah. a broad spectrum of- you I'm know, talking about all oil. of the oils that sit on the shelf that yeah. are colorless, odorless, tasteless in plastic bottles, except well, for extra virgin olive oil. I was okay. just going to say, what if yeah. you're buying like extra yeah. virgin olive oil or organic yeah. avocado oil? Yeah, no, organic doesn't mean anything because they start with organically grown seeds, but they still do drain or window washing acid, bleach and fried. Even for like avocado oil? Yep. And neither avocado, well, avocado is a little bit, tiny bit of omega-3, but, but uh, uh, olive oil has no omega-3s. Right. And right omega-3s are too low in 99% of the population, too low for mm -hmm. right. health. So that's more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. Now, most people use two to four tablespoons. So you have to multiply that number by two to four. Mm -hmm. And you do it every day. 
for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And the problem with these damaged molecules is life never had to make a program to get rid of them because they never existed in nature like that. Mm -hmm. So they get into your body, they pile up, they interfere with processes, you get inflammation. And inflammation is behind most of the, uh, of many of the major degenerative conditions. And then after 30 years of doing that, you get cancer and you say, I don't know why I got cancer, I always ate good. Yeah, but nobody ever told you that how damaged the oils were. And you used them every day because they told you frying is better than cooking. And frying is actually the worst thing we've ever invented to do to food. And everybody's doing it around the world, no matter where you go. Everybody yeah. fries everything. It's supposed to be time, less time consuming, more convenient. But then when you fry the oil, then you damage it with light, oxygen, and heat simultaneously damaging the oil. So when you fry it, you have to, again, make double, triple, quadruple the number of damaged molecules you get. When you get a frying pan, you have a frying pan, get it out, turn it upside down, hit yourself on the head with it really hard so it's associated with pain and throw the damn thing out. So and go back to cooking in water or eating raw because life's mandate was fresh, whole, raw, organic, and for human beings, mostly plant-based. Okay, so just, just to clarify. Yeah, now we're going to go back to omega-3 and 6. Just to clarify, so your yeah. recommendation is to cook nothing in oil on the stove top. Is that what I'm hearing in any kind of oil? Yes, but I want you to say it twice as loud so that everybody who is watching <laughs> you gets it too. Because, what, what about because usually what people do, I say, look, it, frying is a bad idea. And I'll tell you how, how I do that. For oils are like, are, the oils are vindictive. You treat them with care, they'll take care of you. You fry them, they'll fry your health. Okay? What about in the oven? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, and then I, and then <laughs> as soon as I say that, say, I just said all oils, no frying. I just said that. It's very clear. Yeah. Then is it, well, what about olive oil? <laughs> what about a vacuum? Oh, but, you know, whatever the favorite thing is you're doing, say, yeah, but I want to exclude that from this story. <laughs> They're not excluded from the story. They're part of the story. So I, I forgot what you just asked. I just said, what if you're baking something in the oh, oven? Oh, what if you're baking? The thing is this. When, if you cook water, if you cook in water, you don't burn the food. If you fry, then what happens is the outside of the food dries up. And it then overheats and burns. When you bake, same thing. Inside is, is actually steamed and the outside dries out and burns. The burnt part is the toxic part. And when you burn whatever is burnt on the food, you know, it goes yellow, then it goes light brown, then it goes dark brown, then it goes black, and then it turns into smoke. By the time it's yellow, you've already done some damage. Okay? And the thing is that <clears throat> if you do that to starches, they increase cancer, independent of any other food substance. If you do that to protein, they increase cancer. And if you, in, if you do that to oils, they increase cancer, independent of anything else. All three of them, in different ways, increase cancer. And, and I guess, you is know, that maybe why cancer is so high in <laughs> frying societies? You know, and I've, I know that about the food and not like, you know, cooking, like when you're grilling, you know, you don't want that real deep char and you don't want to be burnt, but I guess I yeah. never thought about it. You know, if I'm sauteing vegetables on yeah. the stove with avocado oil 
Yeah. Which is known to be better for high heat temperatures. Well, you know, that's just, that's just smoke and mirrors. Too. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> right, you know right. because, because all that means, if it's got a high smoke point, it means you can do more damage before you notice. Yes. It doesn't mean you do less damage. Right. It means no, you can you're do right. more damage before you, before you notice. And now we want to take a quick break from today's conversation to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Lakewinds Co-op which is a favorite grocery store of ours to shop at in the Twin Cities. We love that Lakewinds has such high standards and vets every single product on their shelves, including their amazing personal care and supplement section so that we don't have to. As busy parents, we don't always have the time or the desire to read every ingredient label. And we, when we shop at Lakewinds, we have confidence that it's been done for us. Grocery shopping should be an enjoyable and calm experience and Lakewinds does everything to make your experience stress-free from the moment you walk in the door. The decor and aesthetics are really calming and inviting. and We have never met such knowledgeable and friendly staff in all the departments, including meat and seafood, in the wellness department and produce. We love Lakewind's produce section, which focuses on organic and fair trade products. About 95% of the produce is organic and local as much as possible. And they really support the local and small sustainable farmers right here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The meat buyers actually visit the farms. They talk to the ranchers and see their practices to ensure that the animals are ethically raised and treated, which is really important to us. All of their meat is free from additives, synthetic preservatives, nitrates, antibiotic residues, steroids, and added growth hormones. Unlike many traditional grocery stores, Lakewinds has a banned ingredient list that is used to vet the products on their shelf, which includes artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oil, etc. This applies to the food on their shelves, as well as the supplements and beauty and personal care products in their wellness department. If an item doesn't meet the product standards, Lakewinds doesn't allow it on their store. And we love that peace of mind. We also love how they seek out local small batch makers who meet their standards and really try to support our local businesses. We all know that maintaining a healthy body and mind has huge implications on our immune systems and being able to fight off the flu. So support your health and wellness in the new year by shopping at your local co-op. You can find the fabulous Lakewinds co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or have groceries delivered from Instacart. While Lakewinds Co-op is a member-owned store, you don't have to be a member to shop and receive their weekly specials. Although we highly recommend that you do become members like us for additional monthly savings and an annual dividend. You can find out more by going to lakewinds.coop. And when you're there, be sure to check out their delicious recipes. And if you don't live in the Twin Cities, we highly encourage you to find your local co-op by heading over to National Co-op Grocers and finding one near you. So... <clears throat> you talk about cooking your vegetables in water, but realistically, I mean, aside from steaming, which I know is just in water and you don't need any oil for that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you wanted to roast vegetables or yeah. cook them in a frying pan, you're just saying like, yeah, just throw the frying pan away. So that's not even an option. Am I hearing I'm glad, I'm glad, glad you're clear. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both clarifying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I get it. I'm like, how am I going to tell my husband that, you know, those new high heat frying pans that he really likes, these chef grade pans, we, we can't use anymore. <laughs> no, no. I, here's what you do is you, uh, you stroke his ego about being a caveman. 
They <laughs> like men like that. And then you tell them from now on, we're going to eat like a caveman. Everything we eat will be fresh, all raw, and organic. <laughs> okay. So like, <laughs> <laughs> and it and you give them at least a week to get used to the idea. Oh yeah, just a week okay. before you start serving it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can I um, infer then that but, you are eating primarily raw? Yeah, but le, but, but let me but let me let me be, let me be really serious about yeah. how to do it in practice. Look at where you are. Okay, most people eat too much animal product. That interferes with health and shortens their life. You, you, if you ate meat once every three months, you would get enough B12 for your body's requirement. And that's the only thing that you're getting from meat that you can't get from plants. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> so four times a year or once a month or once a week, but not bacon for breakfast and sausages for lunch and steak for dinner. That's way over the top. When the hunters hunted with rocks, like 12,000 years ago. They came home without meat most of the time. So that means women do most of the hunting and women are really good at hunting plants that don't run away, don't fight back and are really easy to hunt, to, to, to hunt down and kill, right? And so what that means is women were much more uh, responsible for the food than the men were. And when the men came home with meat, That, that was a celebration, you know, and it was also good for uh, uh, red meat is very good for iron absorption. So that was a feast for women, you know, because they lose blood during their, during their period, right? Yeah. And so, so that was the second reason why, why meat was helpful. It's harder to get good sources of plant-based iron. But other than that, so, so wherever you're starting, look at what, what you're doing and head in the direction of less animal, more plant. That's good for your health and it's also good for the environment. Uh, and then head in the direction from frying to boiling, to steaming, to sauteing, to water, or sauteing, sorry, <laughs> water's, I, I got the order wrong, uh, to, to water-based, and then more and more of what you can eat raw, raw. That, so it's always a direction to head in. This is not something, oh, because people say, oh, I can't do that. I can't eat just raw foods. And then they don't do anything. Do what you right. can. Right. Mm -hmm. Do what you can. Every step you take makes a difference. Every step you take out of line with, with nature, fresh or raw, organic, mostly plant-based, costs you something in health. Every step you go back, you get something back in health. And so, you know, I, I was in Japan one time and this woman said to me, you know, I can't afford eating organic eggs because they cost six times more than non-organic eggs. So, so, I, so I can't do it. So I said, well, can you afford one organic egg a month? She said, oh yeah, that'd be no problem. How about two? Yeah. She, we got up to two, she could afford two a week. And I said, so that makes a difference because every time you eat an organic egg, you won't have whatever crud is in the non-organic eggs. That's good for your health. Mm -hmm. And you will be sort of supporting an industry that cares about the environment. Mm -hmm. And you will be taking business away from people who don't care about the environment. So do what you can. Yes, that's my philosophy also. I completely yeah. agree with you, Udo. Yeah. So then we were chatting a little bit about just what's your diet like and you... Yes 
And maybe how, maybe kind of stepping back a little bit for people that are um, not eating raw or mm-hmm. not even eating a plant-based diet, you know, maybe even some based on your journey and what's worked for you and what you've seen work for other people, just some thoughts on baby steps on how to get there. Like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and kind of dovetailing a little bit into your total sexy health eight step process, which we haven't even touched on yet. Um, and how that fits into all of this. Okay. So, um, and we also had a question about omega three and omega six. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so let me start there and, and, uh, omega three and six, uh, are the two essential fatty acids that come from fats. So in other words, if somebody went on a fat-free diet, that would kill them if they stayed on it long enough because they would not be getting two molecules, omega-3 and omega-6, that only come from fats and that your body, your life cannot make in your body from anything else. So you have to bring those in. You have to take responsibility here to make sure the building blocks that life needs to make a body that works land in your body. And after that, your job's done. After mm-hmm. that, life takes care of everything else, digests it, absorbs it, transports it, builds it into, metabolizes it, gets rid of the garbage, all of that stuff. Life does automatically while you're asleep, while you're awake, whether you're thinking about it or not. So most, most of the job is done by life. You get a little bit of responsibility. Do it right here. Okay, um, and omega six was known to be essential in 1929. So most of our cooking, most of our oils on the shelves are omega six oils. Mm-hmm. Omega three that was only established in 1981. That was the day after I got poisoned. So I got there just when it happened, and that's how come. Then I ended up making flaxseed oil, which is the richest source of omega three. And out of that, your body can make what the fish oils contain if you get enough starting material. The biggest problem was 99% of the population doesn't get enough starting material, doesn't get enough omega-3s for optimum health. And if you increase omega-3s in the diet and they're not damaged and not toxic, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. That's a summary of the research that's been done in the past 30, 40 years on omega-3s. And that's because every cell needs them. They're a nightmare to work with, and there have to be a lot of symptoms from not getting enough for optimum health. Mm-hmm. And they will only fix what comes from not getting enough omega-3s. Because if you don't have enough magnesium, omega-3s won't fix that. You need magnesium for that. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very precise, the way it's defined and how it works. So omega-3s are the high energy molecule. I call them the God molecule. Mm-hmm. because they increase metabolic rate. And we've worked with athletes, 40 to 60% increase in stamina within 30 days of starting on a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day of a blend that I developed that is about 45% omega-3 and then has half as much omega-6 and about the same amount of omega-9s in it. Omega-9s are not essential. 40 to 60% increase in stamina. And the way we measured it is they did their sport to exhaustion before they started. And then they did their sport to exhaustion one month after doing the tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in food and intake spread out over the course of the day. 
Wow. Huge gain, huge gain. But it does that for, it gives your, your glands and your other organs and your other systems more energy to do their jobs too. So they improve hormone function at the cell receptor level. They also give the glands more energy to do their job. So they inhibit aging because they keep you healthy longer. So, and they're super important for pregnancy because when a woman is pregnant, she has to maintain one brain while she's building another. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get enough, and this for most women, that's true, then the child will take the omega-3s from your brain because nature says, mom's the past, kids the future. If we have to, we will, we will rob the past mm -hmm. to secure the future. And so they say women need to make sure they get enough essential, both essential fatty acids in their diet, both for their own health and the health of their children. And women get certain conditions like two to 15 times more than men do, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, depression, collagen diseases, inflammatory diseases, more than men do. And this think, researchers think it's because of depletion of omega-3s in their diet when they're having children. Each child gets less than the previous child. That's why the oldest on average are the smartest kids in the family. Wow. And, the, and, wow. and, they, and they get dumber <laughs> as we go down. <laughs> I was the fourth, so it, it, I'm, I'm an exception. <laughs> <laughs> Because there are also genes involved and there are other things involved as well. Yeah. God, I, I wish I had interest when I was pregnant. But if you're taking a supplement, let's say you're taking an omega-3 supplement, that's a yeah. high quality, you know, supplement. If you, I'm not saying any specific brands. I'm just well, no, saying I, I'm, I'm just telling you that if you get a high quality fish oil, that's not a high quality oil. That's smoke and mirrors. Okay. So. Marketing. That's marketing. The, re the research now says fish oils don't do all the things that they, they, they claim for them anymore because they've been processing fish oils more and more and more. And the oceans are now the dirtiest place on the planet. And fish is the dirtiest meat on the planet. Because everything we dump on the land goes downhill, ends up in the ocean. If it's fat soluble, it'll end up in fat in the ocean. The high fat fish that are supposed to be the good ones are now the most polluted. So, you know, what do you- Toxins, pesticides, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so then you're, we're talking plant-based, like flaxseed, so- What's yeah. in your oil? And maybe you can it, talk, share a little bit more about the product. Yeah, the, what, what happened was I, I became omega-6 deficient in flax oil because the ratio of omega-3 and 6 in flax oil, too high in 3. The only thing that's too high in omega-3 is flax oil. Mm -hmm. So I, I developed a blend flax oil for the omega-3s and then sunflower sesame for omega-6s. And then evening primrose because it has great antioxidants, a little bit of coconut because it has great antioxidants and uh, uh, rice germ, oat germ for the minor ingredients, and then lecithin for, for absorption, and vitamin E as a, as a bit of a stabilizer. So nine ingredients, and they're in glass, not in plastic, because plastic leaches into oils quicker than into water, mm -hmm. and you don't want it in your body because it doesn't belong there, and it gets you inflammation and gets you other problems. Right. And is this, are you taking an actual like oil supplement or is it in a capsule? No, no, no. See, oil is a major nutrient. So most people take two to four tablespoons. There'll be 14 capsules, big capsules in a tablespoon. So I, uh, I weigh about 180 pounds. So I'm in, at, in summer, two or three tablespoons. In winter, four tablespoons. And I do, I measure 
optimum by how skin feels because skin gets them last and loses them first. Mm -hmm. And if you are getting enough of both essential fatty acids, they form a barrier against in the skin against the loss of moisture. And then you don't need gunk on your skin. You actually moisturize your skin from within. Best way to oil your skin is from within yeah. with oils. And so these are food oil foundation oils made with health in mind, balanced properly in glass. And we're not the putting fridge. them in the frying pan. <laughs> and they're in fridge, in the fridge, in the stores, and you keep them refrigerated at home and you never use them for frying. I was totally kidding. Yeah. I ever, 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 ever. Throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. But you can put them in hot soup, but you can't overheat them because the better they are for you and the more chemically active they are, which is why they give you so much energy, mm -hmm. the more chemically active they are when they're good, the more easily they're damaged and then the more toxic they become. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, how do they taste? Well, some people don't like the taste and some people love the taste. And <laughs> I, that seems to be somewhat related to whether people need them or not. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But if you lose them in food, then what, what they do is they enhance flavors because oils enhance flavors and they improve the absorption of the oil soluble nutrients, many of which have great health benefits in the food, like tomatoes, right? If you take tomatoes with oil, you don't have to cook them to get the mm -hmm. lycopene. Cook tomatoes to get the lycopene? Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> you need oil with them because lycopene is oil soluble. It's harder to absorb because the tomato has virtually no oil in it. So can you use your, this oil as a salad dressing? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It goes in anything. Put it in shakes, lose it in. Um, what's your favorite food? Oh, I, well, I eat a lot of vegetables and yeah, plant-based foods and yeah. Lose it in your vegetables. So what about flax seeds? Yeah. Perfect. But if okay. you eat flax seed and sunflower seeds and or sesame seeds, you're going to get, you're going to get omega-3 and omega-6 in their natural form and, and seeds are good food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I just found I couldn't get optimum from eating seeds because I, I've been asked that question lots of times, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So I said, do an experiment on myself. Even in summer in California, where I need less oil, I could not eat enough flax seed and sunflower sesame seed in the same ratio as it's in the oil to get okay. my skin soft and velvety. My skin would still get dry. So use the seeds and then top it up if, if, you, if your skin is still dry. And maybe it's, you know, because I have dry <clears throat> skin more in the winter, um, yeah, always more in the winter and more in dry, in dry climates. Right. And I, you know, I, I do a lot of seeds and I've been actually doing more like seed cycling and, you know, kind of for hormonal health. So I've been incorporating yeah. a lot of these, but not all. But I, what I love about this product is that it's everything in one oil and you don't need to take five or six yeah. products. And for a lot of people, you know, I'm kind of in my routine and I eat a certain, eat a certain way. And for me, it's not a big deal to do sunflower and sesame and yeah. flax seeds and even pumpkin but for a lot of people they just need one product they can go to right. as delivers everything and you can probably and, easily travel with it and and yeah. in fact yeah and in fact the reason why we developed it number one was i got omega-6 deficient on flax oil number two is when i went out and i gave my talks on fats because it's complicated in some ways mm -hmm. um you know all the seeds are different what they contain is different how you make them is different so People would say, is there one thing I can do that gets me all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff? Right. And I said, the, the oil blend is, is, a, is an answer to that question. Because well, I'm trying to help people. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> I also kind of remember that if you have too much of omega-6, that's not a good thing either. 
No, the issue, but it's, this is one of my things that drove me crazy when I was doing my studying. They said omega-6s are essential for every cell in your body and they give you cancer and kill you. Right. Like, <laughs> that's a, like a WTF, right? Yeah, it's confusing. Right? Yeah, and, and so it, it was that conf conflicting information that got me looking at how the processing is done. Omega-6s are just as essential as omega-3. They give you inflammation short-term when you're injured. That's part of the healing process. But if they're damaged, they'll give you chronic inflammation. And if you're not getting any omega-3s with your omega-6s, then you're going, to, you're going to take your body in the direction of more inflammation. So bringing the omega-3s back is really important so that you get them balanced. But omega-6s are essential nutrients. These are like building blocks your life has to have to make your body that works. Sometimes people ask me, why do you put omega-6s in it? Because we're only short in omega-3s. Yeah, you're getting enough omega-6s, but they're damaged. Mm -hmm. And I want you to get omega-6s that are not damaged. That makes sense. And they yeah. have pesticides in them. And I want you to have omega-6s without pesticides in them. Right. So that's why we do the blend the way we do the blend. Yeah. No, that's super interesting because usually it's like we're trying to stay away from the omega-6s because we think those are inflammatory, but we're getting them in such poor forms usually when we do, especially people yeah. eat fried food. Yeah. And... yeah. You need to get better omega-6s and optimum omega-3s. Yeah. That's right? such a, yeah, that's a great one, point. One issue is the damage done by processing and the other issue is the, is the amount of essential nutrient that you need. So <laughs> Both need to be addressed properly. Right. One, one area I think a lot of listeners would love to hear on is just anti-aging and thriving. Yeah. And you've clearly done such an amazing job of this. You know, right. Why do you say that? Well, I'm looking at you right now. And oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just because I'm 78 and I can still talk straight? <laughs> you don't know, I might be sitting in a wheelchair, you know? Well, but your mind I'm, is sharp. I'm not. No, I know. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Even if you were. My yeah. body's working. I actually have no aches and no pains. I'm not on no drugs. And there's very few people at your age that can say that, right? And right. I'm making a very broad generalization. So someone yeah. out there will probably, you know, find fault <laughs> yeah. with that. But. Yeah, somebody, somebody's mad and they turn you off now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, well. Um, and I'm it's, not that age quite a... yet. I'm, I will be soon enough. But. What, what's your view on the role that omega-3s and getting the right amount and the ratio of omega-3 to make omega-6s can play within anti-aging and thriving well into your 70s? Yeah. Okay. I, I think you, you, you have to give that context. The omega-3s themselves are energy, high energy molecules. Anything that is high energy within limits is healing. So omega-3s are healing. They are, are, are athletes found that their injuries healed in a third to half the time. And we get people who have surgery sometimes and they say they're just amazed, their doctors are amazed how fast they heal you know, when, they're, when they're taking the oil. And we get that very consistently. I've been doing it now for, let's say we made the oil in 19, 1994. So this is like 26 years of experience in about 40 countries. <clears throat> so I get lots of, I, I like to be in, in contact with the people that, that I've talked to and so I'm, I'm pretty easily available. We get lots of good feedback on that. But you have to put it in context because it's like if, if you have a molecule in your body that gets you good fire, that's your energy, right? A strong fire will also throw sparks. So what do you do for spark control? 
And for spark control, all your green vegetables, the green and the purple and the blue and the, you know, seeds and, uh, um, seeds and nuts also have antioxidants in them, but fruits and vegetables are the source of most antioxidants. You know, you can get apples that are yellow and you can get mm -hmm. the same apple that's red. The red apple has more antioxidants and the antioxidants are in the skin and it's why the skin is redder. So when I go and, go and buy apples, I always pick the reddest ones hmm. or the, the most colored apples. That's and you know, it's, is that a big deal? Well, you know, I think all the little deals add up, right? So, and so, and then the other thing is I don't fry my food. I'm not creating more toxins. You know, I sweat sometimes. That's good for detox. I eat lots of plants. Fiber is good for detox. Uh, in fact, fiber is also antioxidant in nature. It's in fact, they're poly antioxidants. They're poly, um, they're, they're like antioxidants, hooked to antioxidants, hooked to antioxidants in the, in the fiber structure. And, <clears throat> and, uh, but then the other, there's other things too. Stress is very aging. You know, you get stressed, you get cortisol, you get fried. You know, sometimes when you get angry <laughs> several times at a person, you know, by the end of it, you know, they can walk away from you, but you're, you're, you feel fried, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, so then, so there's the other kind of frying that you need to get rid of frying yourself. I love it. <laughs> in, in, in your, in your own, uh, in your own adrenal, in your own adrenal. Right. Hormones, right. So, and so, and that from that point of view, uh, let's go to the book on total sexy health, the eight key parts designed by nature, because we can go through those parts and talk about their anti-agingness. So the reason I wrote the book is everything affects health. Everything. There's nothing that doesn't affect health one way or another. So who you hang out with affects your health and what your environment's like affects your health and how you're thinking affects how you feel, whether you get enough sleep, you know, what you're eating, you know, how you, how you process your food, everything affects your health. So I decided it's about time after 200,000 years that we created a teachable field of health. We haven't done that. We've got teachable fields of disease, but not one of health. And it's like, that's another WTF. What are we thinking? You know, here we are. The most important thing I have is me. The most important thing you have as an individual is you. And we don't know how it works. And we don't know how to, how to, how to manage it. And we, we don't know how to support it. We don't know how to empower it. And we know more about iron than we know about ourselves. You know, dirt, you know, iron oxide in the earth than we know about ourselves. <laughs> We know about more about our neighbors in terms of gossip than we know about ourselves too, because we don't pay attention to what's going on inside of us. So start, and so I, I did it as a bullseye, starting from the center, the deepest part of your being. I call it internal awareness. Awareness has no content except presence, except the ability to notice. And so if you become aware of awareness, you're in what the physicists call the field. It is completely peaceful there. There's your personal peace because it's always there. You can always tap into it if you know how to go there. And peace 
is anti-aging. You know, peace is stress, avoiding and stress, destroying, mm-hmm. right? And that place exists in every human being, but it's deep. It's deeper than <laughs> most people go. Mm-hmm. And we were in that place when we were in our mother's body. You know, in your mother's body, when you were in your mother's body, I call the womb the Buddha tank. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> For fun. It's a, it sounds good, right? Yeah. And, and how, what was it like to be there? Well, you don't remember in words because there were no words. But there was something going on because a body was growing. There was nothing to do. There was nowhere to go. Everything was taken care of. And it was safe. And so you hung out there. You know, <laughs> smiling. Sometimes quite a bit like pre-birth babies smile quite a bit in the womb. And your awareness, this is about awareness. Your awareness was at rest, inside, in its source, in life. And that's called enlightened. You were, your awareness was light and sound, but an inner sound, not an Uh external sound. And you hung out there for nine months. So you were a Buddha for nine months or a Christ or whatever. That's the master state. We all began in that master state. And then you came out into the world. Everything changed. You had to cry for your diaper change and cry for your breast and you cry for your, cry for your discomfort and cry for cold and cry for sleep and cry for whatever, whatever you needed. And then you had to learn to express yourself and you had to understand who is who and what is what. And in that process, your awareness was drawn out into the world through your senses by change for survival. Because when something changed, it would attract your attention and you would have to figure out, is this friend or foe? Do I run or do I hide or is it irrelevant? And we do it all the time. Somebody wants your attention, they just have to go like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're, and you're looking. Or they go, what was that sound, right? And so, and if somebody wants your attention, they just do change, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're automatically drawn to change. Your awareness is automatically drawn through change through your senses. Problem is, nothing automatically draws you back home to your peace because inside there's there's nothing like that going on so for human beings going out is automatic going in has to be deliberate but lucky for us we have one thing that helps us i call it the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive which is with our disconnection of our awareness from inside and going outside that disconnection caused a discontent that is probably best known as heartache, heartache, right? When somebody mm-hmm. dumps you or, or you trusted somebody and they betray you or your grandmother dies or your dog runs away or mm-hmm. your toy breaks that you really liked. You, f- you feel it here. You feel it in your chest. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And we call it all kinds of different words. I've got 10 pages of words we call it. Blues, loneliness, longing, striving, emptiness, restlessness, um, heartache, heartbreak, uh, thirst of the heart, 
Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's so many words in different contexts. We've given that same thing, same feeling, different names. But what that actually is, that heartache began when your awareness disconnected from yourself. It is your, it is your feeling of loss of yourself. Hmm. That is its deepest meaning. So you can go back. So whenever you get heartache, I say to people, you know, they usually we don't like the feeling, so we distract ourselves or we mm -hmm. ignore it or we deny it or we try to explain it away or you blame somebody for it. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the terrorists have heartache and they blame somebody for it. And then that justifies the stupidity that goes with with terrorism. Right. Mm -hmm. They're all just hungry people and they're looking for home and the home they're looking for. They're looking away from. But we're all doing that. Yeah. Right. So you can. So when you feel heartache, I suggest to people don't don't run from it. Sit with it, feel it, be with it, uh, accept it. Which is hard for people. Don't judge it, yeah. just accept it. It will not hurt you and it will not kill you. Maybe even embrace it. Maybe even appreciate for the power that it has to bring you back home almost to the core of your being. So there's your starting point, gets you out of your head, makes you simple grounds you it's your driving force because until you answer it until you get reconnected to yourself you'll always be chasing something hoping that you'll get connected but it will not happen on the outside because it's a disconnect on the inside that has to be reconnected on, on the inside so it's your driving force it's your heart calling your awareness to come back home to life it is your starting point for that journey and if you've learned how to do it, and then you feel good. And when you feel good, then you get tripping again. So you, then you disconnect again. It will be your reminder to come back home to yourself on a regular basis. I think that's, I really like that perspective. And I think that's, um, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that there's so much more that Stephanie and I want to hear what you have to say yeah. on. And unfortunately we're yeah. running out of time here very quickly, Yeah, which means okay, that so we need to have you come back on the show. I'll be happy to do it. I'll be happy to do it. And so, we, we, we got seven more to go. You want to, you want a quick overview of, of it? Well, what I wanted to say is I know you have a very um, generous offer that you want to offer all the listeners, mm -hmm. and we're going to link up all this information in the show notes so that they can get a free digital download of your Total Sexy Health ebook yeah. um, and mini course, and then yeah. you know, that, that lays out the rest of the, the eight-step process. But where can, Udo, where can people find you? The, well, the products I work for, you go to Udo's Choice, U-D-O-S Choice.com. And I talk about the oils there, but I also work with digestive enzymes and probiotics and fiber and other things. And there's descriptions and you can check it out and <clears throat> you find the, the products in health food stores and you can buy them on Amazon as well. And then the other one, this is what we're talking about now mm -hmm. and some courses that I'm doing and the educational part, you go to theudo.com, T-H-E-U-D-O, theudo.com. And there you'll find, that's also where you get the free download of the book on t Total Sexy Health. And by the way, after internal awareness, there's, there's life energy 
And out, outside of that is inspired creativity. Outside of that is the physical body. Outside of that is survival smarts. Outside of that is uh, the social group. Outside of that is uh, the natural environment. And out of that is the big picture of being in a small terminal body in an infinite universe and coming to terms and being comfortable and accepting that as you live your life. Those are the eight key parts. They all play a role in health. They all play a role in, in uh, anti-aging or longevity. And uh, they all play different parts. So they need different kinds of attention. You can't and just eat one pill and everything falls into place. Exactly. And everyone wants <laughs> and, a quick fix. You know? And that's all in your ebook, correct? That's yeah. The overview yeah. for all of that is, is in the ebook. So everybody should go download that ebook after they're done listening to this. And Udo, as we wrap up, there's one question that we like to ask all of our guests, and that is, what does the art of living well mean to you? Uh, The art of living well to me means being fully present in all of my being and my surroundings and not lost in thoughts in my head. Because when I'm fully present and present in the environment as well, it's very easy to respond to whatever happens and whatever I need to respond to. And then everything, everything works. <laughs> everything works when I'm whole and I can, and I can respond, right? Be, be, be responsible. This means the ability to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. And I think it, <clears throat> you know, it sounds simple and it is, um, but, but it's not always easy for people. And that's where I think, <clears throat> Your no, book it's, comes in to guide them through that process so that you can truly be yeah. living in the moment and be present in your body and just yeah, and it and it's still a goal, and it still requires some effort to get to the goal. But is the effort worth it? Absolutely. Yes. Well, we had I so much. The, fun. I have the best. I have the best life of anybody I know. And that's a great way to be and a great way to feel. <laughs> and, we, and every one of us could be like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you're very inspirational for everyone okay. out there. Um, to see what you've accomplished and all the adversity that you've been through. So, which I think is just a a great message for people to hear, especially, you know, right now during this pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. There's no pandemic in your life energy, in your inspiration or in your awareness. Absolutely. You're correct. Absolutely. if If you know how to go there, makes everything easier. You still have to do hygiene and you still have to pay attention. Yes. But you know what? The purpose of your life is inside of the experience of your life. I couldn't agree more. You said that beautifully. Beautifully. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.